name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I'm going to begin this episode by feeling a little sorry for myself, and here's why. I'm, I'm a parent, and I don't, I don't hide that fact. I don't know why I would even hide that fact. I'm a parent. I have three kids. And I think that parents deserve a little bit of sympathy from the world, and here's why. Because in every child's progression, there will be a time, inevitably, where the, the subject of sex comes up. And the parent has to, in theory, if they're, you know, a decent and good parent, they, they're going to have that conversation uh, because it's just part of growing up. It's what it is. We all went through it for better, or for worse. We all had that sort of talk or we found out somehow what's going on. All I'm saying is that it's a different ball game today than it was, let's say, in the 50s uh, when apparently America was great. I don't, I wasn't around. I will say that the subject matter and the knowledge of and the information content that is available to children who are doing anything is insane. And I'm the one who has to have a discussion about it. And I'm like, wait a second, that all we did was watch a friend's episode. And now I got to talk about this thing. And that's just mainstream NBC network. That's not, it wasn't cable and it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't anything on the fringe. It was just a innocent, an innocent, let's watch a friends episode. And then I got to get a, into a talk about a position or some freaking thing. And I don't even want to think about that stuff. And then I got to discuss it. It's horrible. Gone are the days where, where, in media, the, the 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 couple would sleep in different beds. It was what was visible to us. Didn't happen in real life, but at least it was, you know, I Love Lucy, two separate beds, no need for a sex talk. Or if it is a sex talk, it's the easiest sex talk in the world. Birds and the bees. Now it's like birds, bees, freaking hives and nests intermingling. I don't even know what, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a lot of stress and a lot of information out there. I don't want all that information all the time. I want to drip the information myself. I want to be able to be in charge of the flow. And I don't even, and, and fine, but I watch a Friends episode and it's just like, good Lord, hey, what's that? I go, it's a Friends episode. That's what that is. Thanks, Friends. Now I got to talk about craziness to my children or not talk about it, which makes me feel, I don't want to talk about that now. I'm going to wait. That'll be three years from now. Mm. So I'm, I just, I'm saying that, okay? It's a different, the sex talk of today, the modern day sex talk is stress inducing. It always was stress inducing, but the modern day sex talk is way more stress inducing. Why? Because things are a little bit freer in the way that we come across stuff, okay? On that note, I was a guest on a podcast uh, called the Transformative Leader Podcast, and that's that's not a like an actual segue. It's not like I, you know, I was like, listen, this is how I led my kids in the sex talk. So you're going to want to have me on it. Had not, the two have nothing to do with each other. It was just the Transformative Leader Podcast. So I talk, you listen, I talk about, you know, living the example. And that's kind of in a leadership sense of things. People want to find out what I do because it informs them in terms of their own leadership capabilities and managing and all that kind of crap. Anyway. Really nice conversation. Really nice guy. I'll link to it. 
If you're interested, then you can click on that link and check it out. Thank you to all those who Patreon me and who, uh, if you've bought my book, the new one, Six Truths, hope you're enjoying it. It's been selling a little bit. It's dripping out. You know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a Michael Crichton book. Thank God, right? I mean, that wasn't my uh, my thing. And there's links in the show notes to the work that I do if you feel like being coached in a way that's going to change your life for the better forever. Hey, look, that's that's it. And lastly is Rancher Compassion. I'm on the advisory board. It's a farm sanctuary. I dig it. It's good people. Miyoko Shinner, you all know her butter and her cheese. And this is her farm sanctuary. Now, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I started with a feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to, before I get into the subject of this week's episode, also going to be a, a to- I told you so episode. Uh, if you've watched the news at all, you'll have known that there was a Facebook, uh, you know, one of these bombshell, you know, whatever, Wall Street Journal, whoever it was. I don't care. I was reading the stuff about it, but I, not, I didn't read it too much. You know, want to know why? Because it's not a big surprise to me. It's a crap company. Instagram, it's a crap company. Like, did they knew. They knew that it was damaging young people, and they were doing things to make sure that those kids are on there, you know, two to four hours a day. They, oh my God, bombshell, like a bombshell. Bombshell? That's not a bombshell. That's, that's, that's something that we all knew without even needing proof. Which is t- typically not the best. I mean, that's the, sort of the anti-vaxxer thing, right? But in this case, it's so uh, Facebook, right? Different? Okay. <sighs> Here's my point. My point is, aside from the fact that I will toot my own horn because I love toot my own, own horn. By the way, I had to deal with that on a sex talk. Good Lord. Uh, I quit all social media in 2018. You know why? Because I had already done research and found out things about these companies. I was like, good Lord, I don't support them just like I don't support the beef industry. Shitty, shitty industries. I'm not going to give them my money. Um, But here's the thing about money. I never did give Facebook money. And here's my problem. I said this before a long time ago, probably in my last show. I don't even remember more on that in a minute. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. It doesn't excuse the behavior of people at Facebook who knowingly did things that were unethical and didn't give a shit, apparently. But it does explain it. And that is that we have are live in a culture where we don't want to pay for anything, and yet we want to have companies provide things for us for free, and those companies need to make money. And so if there's unscrupulous individuals running those companies, they're going to do what it takes to make money because we don't want to pay for stuff. So is it par- partially our fault? Yes, it is partially our fault. Sorry, it is. It doesn't excuse them. doesn't make them good people. It makes them trying to run a business and, and provide uh, you know, investment opportunities for their shareholders. And if we go, well, I don't want to pay for that, then they're going to say, okay, well, then this is how we're going to do this. We're going to try to figure out a way to keep you addicted, literally, to what we put out. So you are addicted. You are feeling that physical I got to get more of this thing. And that's what they're very good at. And we should not be surprised when we go, oh, look, look, did you, can you believe what we read about Facebook and Instagram? They are really, that is shockingly bad behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It's shockingly bad behavior. This episode is called the piano lesson. There's a little bit of crossover, by the way, you're going to, I'm going to get to it in a second. Uh, The piano lesson lesson. Okay. Piano lesson lesson. Here's here's the the, the the cliff notes that I'm going to expand. The cliff notes is is that I used to play piano and 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 so part of the funny thing, my parents were just visiting in town uh, 
And when I was learning piano, when I, was, I took lessons from like age seven to 15 or whatever. And, and, uh, and so I'm playing, and it was always the perfect, I'd always decide to practice piano right when shit needed to get done. They'd be like, hey, can you help us? They'd be like, yes, I gotta, I gotta practice. They'd be like, no, yes, okay, don't, that's not the time. But neither here nor there. The piano lesson lesson is this. This is a, a, a how-to episode of sorts of how to get shit done. And there are two parts to this episode. The first part is called have a plan, then no plan. Okay, one, that's one, that's, one, that's number one. Two, learn the rules before you break them. Okay, or learn the rules, then break them. You don't have to break them. I'm just saying you gotta learn it first. Okay, so part one, have a plan, then no plan. I was listening to a ultra runner, one of the best in the world in history, I would imagine, Courtney Dolwalter. She's an ass kicker. And by the way, not even just like number one in women's things. She's winning races outright. She's, it's insane. It's insane. She's insane. She's insane. If you watch her run, it's insane. And some, what I can gather, pretty nice person in general. But I, but I caught a, like a few minutes of her on the Rich Roll podcast. If you guys don't know my history with Rich Roll, he had me on his show like episode 21. And I think it was probably my episode that launched him nay catapulted him into the fame that he now enjoys um for that reason i will always have he's blurb a couple of my books i will always have riches back he's great i don't have the time frankly to listen to he has long conversations i don't have long conversations i don't i don't have the time i don't have the time he's great at what he does but i'll catch the snippet and i'm moving on but i listen to a little bit of courtney dole i kind of do want to go back and listen to the whole thing i will at some point as soon as i'm done covering all the various aspects to the sex talk that is ongoing I will listen to the Courtney Dowalter full episode. But one thing that caught my attention was that he asked her um, about her training plan and, and coach or something of that thing. And she goes, yeah, no, tra no training plan, no coach. I found that very interesting. She's one of the greatest ever. Um, a goat, if you will, a greatest of all time. That's kind of a new word, uh, new acronym in the world today, goat. Um, no training plan, no coach. And she she talked about how she now when she goes out for running it's sort of on a feel basis in other words if she feels like doing a long run she'll do a long run if she goes out and she's like you know i'm not going to go so long today or she goes i'm feeling pretty good i'm going to do some interval runs or i'm going to do some hill training whatever and she sort of plays it by ear like that and it's amazing and i'm i'm all for it if you guys um ever want to you can go back and listen to my interview with Doug Hay on the Rock Creek Runner uh, podcast where he interviews me because I did the same thing in 2017 for a, a 50K that I ran where I, I on purpose did no training plan, obviously no coach, but not even nutrition plan. I had the best run of my of my career. And I say that so loosely because as a runner, I'm not, what's it called? Oh yeah, good. Anyways, it sounds great. So I'm listening to her and I'm like, that's pretty cool. So she goes out and she's got that kind of in touch with her body and mind feel and says, okay, well, this is a day where I'm going to go longer, et cetera, et cetera, like I said. And it sounds amazing. The problem is, if there's a problem, it's that people hear that and they go, that's what I'm going to do. It. She does it. She's successful. I'm going there. I'm just going to run by feel, man. It's all good. Now, when I did that for myself in 2017, I had already run four ultra runs, ultra marathons. I had already followed training plans and frankly, I didn't have the pressure of finishing one. And I also, I was like, you know, if I don't finish this one after this experiment, it'll be a failed experiment. So fine. Like I got nothing to lose. I, it was an experiment. Sometimes they succeed. Sometimes they fail. If you skip a, you can't jump to the point where you go by feel man, because this is the problem is that you have to consider the fact that she 
and I'm guessing here, but I'll bet you in the very beginning of her career, and she actually has a career as an ultra runner, she probably did follow training plans, probably did work with coaches. She put in the hours and the time and the work is all I'm saying. The piano lesson lesson is, I'll kind of skip to, to the why I titled it this, is you can you can listen, you can take piano on YouTube. You can go to, there's piano lessons on YouTube. There's just, in, in fact, when I was when I was surveying small steppers, my online, my 12-week online program, by the way, there's a six-part video series for free. You can click on the link, you'll see it. Um, when I surveyed people, one one person wrote back and said, yeah, I mean, it sounds great, but I can get it all for free on YouTube. And here's my question. I didn't ask this, but I was like, but do you? But do you? But do you get it? Because you, you, of course, you can get things for free, but do you get them for free? The piano lesson lesson is this. When you have something on the books, when you have a thing happening, when you have a piano lesson, let's say, this is the figurative thing, uh, and it's an actual thing too. Um, you have a piano lesson on your calendar. Friday at three, I have a piano lesson. Having that there will in, you typically instigate it as part of your life. You will be more apt to practice, let's say, knowing you've got this thing. It's on the books. It's there. It's physical. It's real. If you go by feel and go, hey, man, it's free on YouTube. You know, when, I, when, when, when the spirit moves me, I will, I will go on YouTube and I will take that piano lesson. This is, this is the reason people don't get shit done. This is the reason that coffee houses, I mentioned this in Six Truths, are full of people writing screenplays for the last 80 years and never finishing a screenplay. Because you, you, it, it takes initially effort and hard work to establish something in your life in, in, in a profound enough way that then at some point you can break and sort of go by feel. So here's another thing that I did. My first show was Approaching the Natural Podcast. If you aren't familiar with it, it's still out there, by the way, 222 episodes. Now, I'm going to say this, 222 episodes once a week. So, and this is actually what happened. I never banked episodes. I never like stored up four episodes and then just sort of phoned it in for a month. I did it every week for 222 weeks. Kind of crazy. Like I did it when I was in Scotland speaking at an event there. I did it when I was on vacations. I did it when I was in hotels in freaking Fort Lauderdale, just bringing my podcast equipment with me, depending on where I was at any given time. Every week, every week, Sunday or Monday recording, Tuesday morning release. Now, the reason I did that is because a couple of things. One is that somebody was like a couple of people when I took I took a course to learn how to do podcasting, and he was like, "Listen, the regularity of it does help. You have to something consistent. It's helpful in terms of gaining an audience and all those kinds of things." But the other reason is that I knew that I wanted to be a podcaster. I knew that I had things to say. I knew that I that I had already formulated my small steps approach, and I, and I wanted to frame a podcaster with these kinds of ideas, these, this philosophy of health and happiness. I knew I wanted it. I wanted it badly. And so what I knew about my own, my own personality, and I think most people are like this, especially now that I've been working with lots of people, is I needed something regular. I needed to can set my own constraint. I needed to set my own rule long enough where it became a thing that I was able to pull off because it was just th- what I do. And so I said, okay, I'm, I'm doing this once a week. Like that's my commitment. Not when I ever, but once a week. And I did it once a week. Now, what happened is that I never, and for partly with approaching the natural is that I just ran out the subject matter I had seen. It's 
I had taken it to its time. It, it had seen its time. I'll put it that way. I was done. I was like done, subject matter wise. I also never broke from the from the one per week. So I shut it down mostly because of the subject matter. I was like, I've played this out. It's good. I would interview people now and then, but I was sort of like losing interest in interviewing anybody and and just wanted to do more, a, a broader topic kind of thing, hence what Sid thinks. But when I shut down Approaching the Natural and took, I didn't even know if I'd ever come back to podcasting. So I shut it down when I felt like coming back to podcasting. At that point, I had done the work. I had done due diligence to to know how to do it, to, to do it regularly and to do enough of it to gain the experience that when I launched this show, as you know, if you've ever listened to more than one episode, is whenever. It is by feel. It is not on a schedule. It is not even on the same time of day. It is literally whatever I feel like doing at any given time. And that goes for subject matter too. It's, I feel like talking about this. And, that, and, and I will say, this is something in my mind that I earned. I earned the ability to go by feel, I because I know because of approaching the natural podcast, I know I knew that when I launched what Sid thinks, that I would be able to do it more than one episode or two episodes or three episodes, whatever it takes for somebody to go like I am gonna I'm in a podcast and they get all excited about it like any other diet right short term thing, and they go oh my god and bat out of hell and they get all the equipment and everything and then lo and behold, they're just it, it falls by the wayside. I mean it is what happens. So it takes a like I said last week, there's no getting around doing the things you have to, you know, it, it, hard work is there. It exists for a reason. And when we earn something, it's great. Courtney Dolwalter has earned what she does. Just don't think when you hear a great interview with her that you go, oh, well, she does that. So that works great. Or if you hear somebody go, what I just do is, you know, whenever I feel hungry, I eat. And if I don't feel hungry, oh, that's, that's great. That takes a long time. That just takes a long time. You, to get in touch with to actually listen to your body in a way that is meaningful and intelligent takes time. It takes work and that's just a deal. So to, to do something that you want to do, to elevate something you want to do to the point, if it's actually important, by the way, to something that you really want to do, it takes, you got to get on your radar. You got, you got to book that piano lesson. This is where there was a little bit of crossover with the Facebook. Sometimes it means paying for shit. Sometimes it means investing actual money because that will be enough to get you off your ass and go, ah, if I can pay for the damn piano lesson now, I can't not do it. Or at least make a conscious decision about it. Like I paid for the piano lesson. I've had a few. I don't like it. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Also awesome because then it's not hanging over your shoulder and you're going, I, I, should, I really should do the piano lessons, all that kind of bullshit, right? Get it on your radar. Make some rules or follow some rules that are established by somebody else. And that's fine. If it gets you to do the thing that is important to you, whether that's eating better or learning how to play piano or, or becoming a, a professional ultra runner, whatever those things are, you got to get it on your lesson. You got to get it on your radar. Having that lesson, having that thing on your calendar does make a difference. With that said, and by the way, I'm enjoying a really good bourbon right now. So I had a, a dinner party a couple weeks ago and I, so I decided to like, it's just a, we had like eight people over all vaxxed really fun like old school like dinner our dinner party is like the best thing that's our favorite thing they're not the best thing it's, it's our favorite thing is all i'm trying to say so we had people over and i bought a really nice bottle of bourbon so it's i'm milking it for a long time a dairy-free milk but i'm milking the shit out of it the second part of this episode part two you can't break the rules until you learn the rules so 
likewise with the Courtney Dolwanter thing, learning how to do the mechanics of running, learning how to do the nutrition, learning how to do the interval runs and the hill training and the slowing down and the zone two heart rate, whatever those things are for you, learning a language, learning the language, the rules around that language. You have to do that, in my opinion, first, before you can earn poetic license. You got to learn, go through the thing of like, okay, this is how this works now Songwriting, perfect example. You know, music majors often learn the mechanics of music theory and they never break free from it. They're like locked in it forever. And sometimes they're not very creative because they've they've become too immersed in the rules of the game. But I think those rules are good to know so that you can then be free from them, but at least you have a foundation of knowledge and intention and consciousness that's part of your behavior now. And so to 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 break rule or to be somebody who is breaking the rules to being free in the way that they create or live or all those kinds of things takes again diligence to work get it on your radar learn the rules learn how it's done really get good at it then break free and you do that by the way breaking free is not it's much easier said than done because you have to always in your brain remember that, that it was a choice and remember that these rules are are able to be broken that you are in charge ultimately the problem exists of course is when we follow diets without understanding that it ultimately is, is us and how we incorporate that into our lives which means in in probably you're going to have to change the rules because it, the diet doesn't know who you are the training plan doesn't know who you are doesn't know what your job is or what your family life is or what your commute is and so there's a little bit of changing and editing and and and, and versatility that comes into play that allows you to be free of those constraints ultimately so that you can fit into your life more effectively and make you more successful in whatever that endeavor is but it does take the time of learning those rules first. And, and in doing so, moving from a, from a sort of unthinking from the, you know, I want it now kind of thing in six truths, I call it the Veruca salt. Like I want it now. We get sort of that gut is exciting. You know, when I, when I remember when I had the idea of starting the podcast, uh, approaching the natural, I was really excited about it. I mean, it was like fun and getting the equipment was great and fun and everything, but it, I wanted to, do it. You know, like I really was clear to that I didn't want to do it one time and be another person who just tried something twice and then quit unless I just chose to quit. But I want I knew that it was something I wanted to do. I had an inkling that it was something I wanted to do long term. And so I m wanted to move from the excitement, the gut, I want it now to the I want it not now, but I know how much I want it so that I'm going to do it right and that's going to take time. It's ultimately the piano lesson lesson, again, getting something on your radar until you can go by feel, earn it. You can't break the rules until you learn the rules, learn it, and then you can sort of infuse yourself into it and make it you, make it unique to you. That's the best work in the world, artistic and otherwise, is the thing that the personality of that person, the singular, because we all are, gets expressed that way. This is about how you infuse thought and intention into your actions. And ultimately, it's how you transition from ignorance to bliss. Traveled around this tree 
Then I sickened myself clean I just grazed the edge of what could have been Then I'll stop asking And I'll stop figuring I'm over flooded so hiding Have you relived it all today? Have you faltered on the way? Have you squared away the days following you? Still curious and free to let the colors bleed. I had two more days to pray. I'll give it two more years to fade. Hope in faith